0: Welcome to Unity of Tucson. So today's message is Mother's Nature, and I started thinking about the experience of the natural world, and I thought about this time that I was on a sacred retreat in Hawaii. I go to Kauai uh, every year. I didn't go last year, but I am going this year. And I go there for a sacred journey. I go for a sacred experience, and it's, it's uh, sponsored by one of the spiritual centers that's on the island of Kauai and some dear friends of mine. And so we go, and we do workshops, and we do meditation experiences, and we go to the Hindu monastery, and we do all of these things. And there was this one year, well, this one year where we went to this place. I don't know if you I was about to give you like, if you're on the highway heading north towards Princeville, and you know, before, after you get past Kealia, I was going to tell you all that doesn't really matter. But there's this place called the Stone Dam. And it's actually the remnants of what was a a sugar plantation on the island. And they've turned it into this beautiful, beautiful kind of sanctuary. And you have to hike in, you park your car and you hike in. It's about a two mile or a mile and a half to two mile hike to get into it. And you go down and it's just this flowing water. And if you saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it's like the Shire. It's really, really exquisitely beautiful. That's, I think, the best way I can describe it. It's like the Shire in The Lord of the Rings. If you don't know what the Shire is, well, that means nothing to you, does it? Well, there was this one experience I had when I was walking to go to the, I was going to say to the Shire, (laughs) when I was going to the stone dam. And it was this tree that had fallen over. And you know, that's part of life's experience, life you know, trees fall over at a point and fell over. And what had happened is, the tree had broken open when it fell over. And up, growing up out of the tree were all of these branches which were essentially making new trees that were growing up. It just made me think about the resilience of nature, the resilience of this thing called life that wants to be expressed. I think about it, too, when, you know, when I'm out driving about, and especially with the time of year where there's wildflowers, it's sad that there weren't as many wildflowers this year because of the dryness of the area, but have you ever had the experience, too, where you see in the cracks of asphalt or in the cracks of the concrete where there's flowers that just come up, and they're saying, you know what, I don't care what the ground below is like, I can root myself here and blossom and grow. Life is resilient. It is absolutely resilient, and that is at the core of each and every one of us, that resiliency. How many places might you think of where you've seen things growing in conditions that were perhaps you might consider less than hospitable or supportive to that growth? How many places might you have ended up yourself Where you may have looked around and said, look, this is not seemingly hospitable or supportive of my growth, but I choose to grow. What this tells me when I look at nature, what it tells me is that there is a tendency for life to continue. There is a tendency that says, yes, it must, it must, it must continue to grow. It's kind of in line with the spiritual evolution that I speak of. The nature of this thing called life is to grow and evolve and flourish. And these things, the tree, the flowers, you, they just grow. They just grow. They don't have to try to grow, they just grow. So how frequently do we feel like we have to try to grow? We have to try to blossom, we have to try to expand. We have to work really hard at this thing called life. We have to work really hard to get to that next step of enlightenment and say, ah, oh, I am arrived. <laughs> how many of you are working really hard at this stuff? I know I've had that experience of working really hard to try and up-level my spiritual practice, to up-level my enlightenment, to up-level, up-level, up-level. Well, at what point do I say, I am enlightened now? I am here now living the most magnificent life I can possibly, possibly imagine. When did we learn that growing was meant to be a challenge? When did we learn that? What is our mental tendency? That's the question that I really want us to start to think about. What is our mental tendency? And each and every one of us, let's just take a moment to reflect right within ourselves. Is, and ask yourself this question, I'm going to state it in the first person, but I want you to hear it in your own mind, in your own voice, asking yourself this question. Is my mental tendency growth or challenge? Is my mental tendency growth or challenge? As something comes up within you, just be an observer, don't judge it. Because it is in awareness, it is in observation, free of judgment, that we find the path to change. Perhaps tell yourself, if the challenge side of that comes up for you, that you are resilient like those trees and like those flowers. Acknowledge and accept that for yourself. Make the choice. Make the choice. Because choice is the greatest gift. If we were to say that a gift has ever been given to us, Choice is the greatest gift that has ever been bestowed upon us. Now, I say, if we were to say that it was given to us, who's giving us the gift of choice? Ourselves. Ourselves. Choice is the great gift, and it can be the great challenge if we let it be. The gift is that we have choice, right? We have choice. We have infinite choice. We are creative beings. We are creative, light beings. The challenge can be in those times when, for instance, we choose not to choose. You ever have that experience? Ever choose not to choose? Like, oh, I can't make a decision. I'm not going to make a choice. Well, in that, the nature of life is to continue. And so the activity of not making a choice makes you then subject to stuff out there. We don't need to be subject to anything outside ourselves. The stuff out there may not be beneficial to our well-being, to the experience of the life we would like to experience uh, or have. That stuff out there is the culmination of this thing, and I'm going to use a jargon term. It's this thing called collective consciousness. (laughs) We are immersed in a thing called collective consciousness. Now, I choose at this time in life to say collective consciousness because in the development of new thought, they came up with a rather unfortunate term to describe essentially the same thing and it's gotten twisted and misunderstood, and the term is race consciousness. So I don't use race consciousness. But if you look up in the texts and the books of the Fillmores and and Ernest Holmes and Emily Cady and uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins, you'll see the term race consciousness. What it means is the collected consciousness of any group. And so we create a collective consciousness in this room. That collective consciousness is extended out by those who are participating in this experience with us online. The entire city of Tucson has a collective consciousness, the state has a collective consciousness, the country, and ultimately, the planet. Charles Fillmore describes this collective consciousness in one direction. He wrote this, erroneous thoughts, this is what he writes collective consciousness to be, erroneous thoughts that bind us to sin, disease, poverty, war, calamity, and death. Really? That's the only thing that collective consciousness offers for us? Because I totally disagree with that. I'm disagreeing with Charles Fillmore. I totally disagree with that. Collective consciousness is any experience of consciousness of a collective group. So we in this room create a collective consciousness of love, of light, of life, of peace, of power, of beauty, of freedom. Is that what we are creating here in this room? I'm actually asking the question, is that what we're creating here in this room? Yeah. Isn't that why we show up on Sunday? To be reminded of the truth that our place in this world is to step forward as part of the collective to contribute to light, to life, to peace, to power, to beauty, and to freedom. Our work is to shift the collective consciousness from sin, disease, poverty, war, calamity, and death, to light, life, peace, power, beauty, and joy, and have that Affect us and create the experiences of our life in every interaction of our life, not just here on Sundays. Because when we walk out that door, when we are complete here on Sundays and we walk out that door, ask the question, am I contributing to the collective consciousness in this direction or in this direction? How do I choose to be? It's very easy it's very easy when we walk out these doors to fall into that collective consciousness of sin, of all that stuff. I don't want to say it again. It's very easy because it is all around us. That's why we are, I say we are immersed in this collective consciousness. It is, frankly, it is in the news, it's in advertising, it's all around us. And we're constantly being bombarded with these messages of the world is a scary, awful place to live in. Do you agree with that? Because I choose not to agree with that I choose to say you know what I can watch the news I can watch the news but then I can use my own consciousness to to let that be my guide for what needs prayer in this world because I'm going to use an Ernest Holmes quote I keep doing this right it's like fill more homes fill more homes Um, if you are confused as to why I just made that comment, commentary on my comments, ask me after the service. Ernest Holmes says, one alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. One alone in consciousness with the infinite constitutes a complete majority. You, as an individualized expression of this thing called God, have the capacity to change the entire world. Do you have the willingness or the tenacity to actually step into doing that? You may need to start small. I know I needed to start small. I needed to step in and say, okay, if I walk into a room, who am I going to be when I walk into a room? Have you ever had the experience when you walk, when like there's a group of people in a room, perhaps you're at a party? You're at a party, right? Somebody walks in the room and you can immediately feel that energy, that down energy talk about one alone in consciousness with the infinite constituting a complete majority because the degree to which we subconsciously align ourselves with that down energy, it creates challenge for the entire room. But we are the counteragents to that. We can shine our light of love so magnificently that irrespective of what walks through the door, we are one alone in consciousness with the infinite. And we are that great majority that says, all I accept is love and light. And the entire room will go along with it. The entire room will go along with it. So there is a tendency within each and every one of us that falls very easily into raised consciousness unless we decide not to. Reproducing that tendency is happening below the level of awareness. And so part of our work in spiritual practice is to bring to light awareness of what is happening in our mind and in our heart we are either reproducing the tendency which then reinforces the experience, or we are reinforcing the tendency which then reproduces the experience. It works both ways. If we give in to the collective consciousness, we just give up our choice. And so I'm saying here today, do not ever give up your choice to be the light of the life, to be the light of love, to be the light of life, to be your most magnificent self. It's real easy for the mind to become lazy. (laughs) You ever hear yourself saying, oh, I just don't wanna think about that. I Just don't wanna think about that. Sometimes it's nice to let go, but remember that you are always creating, always, always, always. And so our work is to rise to the level of awareness of what it is we are creating. This is the law of mind action. The law of mind action says that whatever we are thinking in mind shows up in our experience. That's it. Whatever we are thinking in mind shows up in our experience. So the only thing that we ever really need to concern ourselves with is what is happening in our minds. Because the experience will always, always follow. That is the nature of nature. The collective mind, the infinite universal mind said yes to life, and that is why those trees grow. That is why those flowers grow. That is, frankly, why we grow and we evolve into greater expressions of ourselves all the time. That's the nature of nature. It says, yes, I want to live. And nature is the mother of creation. All creation Gestates in a womb of infinite acceptance. The seed we plant is the seed in mind. The law of mind action supports only yes. So, what are you utilizing the law of mind action for yourself in these days? Are you Are you on top of what is happening in your mind and allowing yourself to say, yes, 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 this is what I choose to experience and then I grow into ever greater expressions of myself. We should allow Mother Nature, as each and every one of us, to do its perfect work to constructively create our lives. And there is no compulsion that is required on our part. We don't need to... Get in there and get involved in it. Our work is in mind. Mother's nature is to take care of the evolution, the expression. I think sometimes we get so, so hung up on change your thinking, change your life, that we begin to live in this idea that changing our thought is a hard thing to do. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. If you think that changing your mind is a hard thing to do, I'm going to ask you all, just go ahead and let yourself off the hook today. I hear some people who are in mental muscle, they know that that is what I say all the time, let yourself off the hook. Sometimes we may fall back into detrimental, habitual mind tendencies, right? If you find that, be gentle with yourself. Just be gentle with yourself, remind yourself that you are in charge of your mind and let yourself off the hook. Get your mental self back on the path of change. You are not a victim to the circumstances in your life. You are the one who changes the circumstances through the use of mind action And this is all part of our natural evolution. So if you are ready to change, if you are ready for change, simply state your requirement. That's it. I require the most magnificent, constructive life I can possibly imagine. Live within that construct mentally and see what happens. If you find yourself drifting from that, bring yourself back. I require perfection. Whatever it is, however you choose to phrase it, I require perfection. You are in charge. You are in charge. You are the embodiment of infinite intelligence. So relax in that knowing. Simply relax into that knowing. You can see the effect as you change your mind. You will see the effects in your life. Be willing to recognize the effect with the knowledge that it can always be changed. To create new cause, to engage in mother's nature, rethink, set your mind aright, and let your mind be bathed in spiritual truth, the truth of constructive thinking. Tap in. Allow yourself to tap in to the depths of infinite intelligence, for it is from the depths of infinite intelligence that all invention flows forth. That is how we can embody, that's how we can embody the understanding that is mother's nature. Mother's nature is the perfect outcome, the perfect birthing of the intelligent mind which you and I are using at all times. You are a light, you are love. You are power. You are a center of creation. You are both father and mother to all that you seek, to all that you experience. Take the step in proving this on a daily basis. That is the honoring of the divine feminine within each and every one of you. And that's my Mother's Day message. Namaste.